Thank you so much for joining us for Ankeny Gospel Church Podcast. On this podcast, you can find sermons, classes, and other resources that continue to invite us into the mission of Jesus and the journey of faith. We hope this is a blessing to you, and if we can help you in any way, feel free to reach out. Hello, my name is Anne, and today's scripture reading is from Matthew eleven, twenty-five through 30. At that time, Jesus said, I praise you, Father, Lord of heaven and earth, because you have hidden these things from the wise and intelligent and revealed them to infants. Yes, Father, because this was your good pleasure. All things have been entrusted to me by my Father. No one knows the Son except the Father, and no one knows the Father except the Son, and anyone to whom the Son desires to reveal him. Come to me, all of you who are weary and burdened, and I will give you rest. Take up my yoke and learn from me, because I am lowly and humble in heart, and you will find rest for your souls. For my yoke is easy, and my burden is light. This is the word of the Lord. Thanks Thanks be to God. Good morning. Thank you for some of you that responded. Um, Aren't we thankful for the way God uses the gifts and voices of others to bring us into his presence? He didn't have to do that. He didn't have to do that, but we get to experience beautiful song and led that way into his presence. So I'm, I'm very thankful for that. Last week, Parker did an excellent job preaching about a very difficult passage. Do you remember that passage? A bunch of woes. It was to cities that hadn't responded to his message. That passage was true. It came from the lips of our Savior, but it was hard and it was difficult. I'm thankful today Jesus doesn't stop there. He goes right into a passage of love and how much he cares for us. And I'm very excited to do that, to share this with you today. But I must confess, this has been very difficult for me. Resting is hard. I don't know how to do that well. I'm always doing something, trying to accomplish something, trying to make my actions worth something, and I don't rest in him easily. So um, many of you might be in that same boat with me, and we're going to journey through this passage together. But before we do that, let's pray. Jesus, you are so good to us. Of all the religions, Lord, that um, have gods, no one could imagine how much you love us to care about our rest. Other religions have a list of tasks to get to God and you came to us and you have decreed rest from the very beginning, from the seventh day of creation, Lord. Lord, I pray that we would obey you, that we would listen to you and hear your voice today. Please give me the words, Lord, to convey your scripture, and may your Holy Spirit be doing surgery in our hearts today. In your name we pray, amen. All right, we're just going to dive right in. So I'm going to read, starting at verse 25, you just heard it, but we're going to read it again. 
At that time, Jesus said, I praise you, Father, Lord of heaven and earth, because you have hidden these things from the wise and the intelligent and revealed them to infants. Yes, Father, because this was your good pleasure, all things have been entrusted to me by my Father. No one knows the Son except the Father, and no one knows the Father except the Son, and anyone to whom the Son desires to reveal him. These verses are very counterintuitive. Jesus praises the Father because he has not granted wisdom to those the world says are wise or intelligent, powerful. And yet, he has conveyed it, he's granted it to infants. It's very odd. Let's talk about who he's referring to. What he's referring to, uh, first of all, from a worldly perspective, are those who pursue wisdom separate from God. Those that pursue their own knowledge and think they have it, think they know better, think that, you know, I better parse Jesus' words so that I can see which ones I'll accept and which ones I won't accept. Those are the, the ones that do not understand what Jesus is saying. The world teaches us to be intelligent. It keeps us learning and doing other things, but this passage says almost the opposite. Be like infants. Now, when he refers to infants, he's not just talking about babies. He's talking about those that come to him humbly, those that are willing to be infants in front of him, willing to soak in his love and his words, not just have their own wisdom bring their own insights. This is not the same as what the world values. This is something very different. Have you ever heard, stop being a baby? Or grow up? Many of us have heard that. And to my shame, I have actually said those words before. We usually think of being an infant as a bad thing. But in our passage, Jesus compares the infant to the wise in the world, and the infant wins out. That's crazy. Infants are um, pretty much helpless. Everyone knows that I love babies. Actually, that's a complete lie. Everyone knows that I'm very uncomfortable with babies because they're just so helpless. I feel like if I hold one, I'm gonna break one. They're just, they need everything from us, and that is what God values. Those that approach him, I need everything from you. I need everything from you. I can't do anything, I mean, except cry and other things that we won't talk about. We go to Jesus often with a different perspective. We think we bring our own thing. Do you read the Bible to fit it into your own values, beliefs, and opinions, or do you raise your hands to heaven asking God to teach you the truth? Which way do you come to God's word? Oftentimes we come brandishing our own wisdom, like, ooh, I got this, I already know this. No, that's not the right way to go to Jesus. Do you ever find teaching in the Bible that is hard? It's difficult, and they're like, ah, oh, I don't like it. What do you do in that moment? Do you say, God, I trust you? Or do you say, you know what, I'm just going to ignore that. I'm going to keep it out. 
that's not for me. Do you keep digging? Jesus calls us to be infants. And this isn't the only passage that talks about this. 1 Peter 2, 2 says, like newborn infants, desire the pure milk of the word so that by it you may grow up into your salvation if you have tasted that the Lord is good. I love that imagery of tasting. God's word is our food. Or later in Matthew 18, Jesus says, truly I tell you, he says, unless you turn and become like little children, you will never enter the kingdom of heaven. Therefore, whoever humbles himself like this child, this one is the greatest in the kingdom of heaven. What do you value? Coming across as smart? Coming across as intelligent? Or do you value humbling yourself in front of the Savior? That's humility. When we abandon our wisdom, our opinions, our perspectives, and lay them before Jesus. We abandon ourselves to his good pleasure. Jesus says infants are those that can hear him, not the wise, the infant. Let's continue. Come to me, all you who are weary and burdened, and I will give you rest. Take up my yoke and learn from me, because I am lowly and humble in heart, and you will find rest for your souls. For my yoke is easy and my burden is light. Beautiful, beautiful passage. Many of you know that. Many of you might have a tattoo of that or whatever it is to remind you of this beautiful, beautiful passage. There's a thousand things we could say about it. No doubt you've heard this passage taught. We're just going to focus on just a few. The first point I want to bring out is this is, is kind of hidden to our culture, but it would have been very, very well known to the Jews. There is a book of Jewish literature called Sirach. How many have heard of that? A couple, okay, that's great. Many of you have not, and I hadn't either before I, I got here. But this was Jewish wi wisdom literature. Think of like Proverbs, right? Something along those lines. And I'm gonna read a little bit about this. This is a very famous section. It says, draw near to me, and, and in this reference it's talking about wisdom. Draw near to me, you who are uneducated and lodge in the house of instruction, put your neck under her yoke, speaking of wisdom again, and let your souls receive instruction. See with your own eyes that I have labored little and found for myself much serenity. What does that remind you of? Very similar. They're used to, the Jews, ancient Jews, those at this time, were very used to the light yoke. They're very used to that. And here, Jesus does something amazing and controversial. He says, that, that is me. I am that wisdom. I am that wisdom. Think of Proverbs. Jesus says, I am that wisdom. I don't usually think of that attribute of Jesus. I usually think of different ones, like he is loving, he's compassionate, He's humble, he's bold, but for some reason I often don't think of him as wisdom. And yet he is. He's incredibly wise. Do you remember, he, he confounded the, the religious elites, the super wise at that point, over and over again. They tried to trap him. They brought him a woman about to get stoned, and he comes back with a brilliant line. 
It's just like, hey, whoever is without sin, you throw the first stone. That is brilliant. I wish I would have been there just to see. Uh, <laughs> I don't know what I would have done. It was, yeah, that's amazing. Or when the Jews trick him, uh, try to trick him about taxes. They, um, they try to trick him to say, who should we pay taxes to Caesar? And Jesus says, well, look at the image on, on the coin. Whose is it? It's Caesar's. And then he says, render to Caesar what is Caesar's and to God which is God. And he's referencing how God made humans in his own image, just as Caesar made those coins in his own image. Oh, that's mind-boggling. It's incredible. Jesus is so wise. He's so wise. And he knows how to handle every element of your life and my life and everyone else's. We just need to turn to him. Do we go to him for the wisdom? Again, abandon our own. Abandon your wisdom before God and listen to his. Declaring himself wisdom was bold, controversial, and true. In that context, let's go back to the text. Come to me, all you who are weary and burdened, and I will give you rest. You know, we might, over, we might be overly familiar with this text at some times, and we might over-spiritualize it, like, oh, it's just spiritual rest. I heard a commentary recently put it into different words. Jesus is calling us to relax. Relax into him. You can hear it in his first few words, come to me. Now, there's really two ways we could read that. We could read that like a king sitting on his throne, come to me, and then I'd be shaking in my boots. But I don't think that's the context in which he's sharing this, right? Infants, remember the infant thing? It's more like a mother who sees his child struggling and says, come, come here, come here. Context clearly indicates that it's the latter. Think back to your childhood. When you got hurt, did you have someone to run to and hold you? Some of us did. Some of us had parents that did that. Some of us didn't. For some of us, that's hard. And yet I urge you, turn to Jesus in that way. He is so tender. He wants nothing more than to wrap you up in his arms and carry the burdens with you. A year ago, a year ago, um, or a little over a year ago, my dad went through um, radiation treatment for cancer. And after that treatment, we were hopeful that it had gone away. And when we got the scan, it was like a punch in the gut. He, uh, it had gotten worse and hadn't gotten any better. It was horrible. We drove separate cars to that appointment and, and I wanted to go back and be with my parents. And uh, the whole way home, I, I was like, okay, I'm gonna be strong for them. I'm gonna, be, I'm gonna be strong. I need to be there for them right now. And I was like hitting my face to stop crying. Not really hard, but just, just trying to get myself to stop. It was horrible. And I walked in the door and I fell to pieces. I just started weeping and crying. And my dad, who was supposed to have the worst news in this situation, 
And my mom came around me and they just hugged me and they said, it's going to be okay. My dad, who is facing his own mortality, thought of me and they just hugged me. I will forever remember that moment and remember that moment like Jesus saying, come to me. I will wrap you in my arms. I will care for you. Come to me. Jesus says you don't have to be strong. You don't have to be wise. You don't have to keep it all together. You don't even have to be free of anger. He just says, come to me. Come to me. Come here. Over and over, like a loving parent, he says that. In the Bible, the parable of the prodigal son, we're actually, which is totally a misnomer, it's not about the son, really, it's about the father. I'll go through it quickly. Many of you know this. The son is sick of the rules, so he goes to his father and says, I wish you were dead. Give me all my money. I'm going to take off. And astonishingly, the father, instead of getting super angry with the son, says, okay. Divides up his money. The kid takes off, spends it on wild living. And as is typical, for those that are rebellious, you find out the grass is not greener on the other side. He, start, he ends up with a job feeding pigs and wishing he could eat their food. It was that bad. He was that hungry. So finally he decides, I'll go back and work for my dad. And he comes up with this well-rehearsed speech that he's going to give to his dad to say, I'll just work for you and I'm not worthy of being your son. But the father wouldn't have any of it. He was watching, the father was, and so he, he sees him from a distance and gets up and runs. And this is not normal. Like, Jewish fathers are very stoic at this time. They, do, he doesn't, they don't run, right? And he runs to him and wraps him up and just showers him with lavish, lavishing him with love. Puts a ring on his finger and a robe and hugs him and kisses him. This is our Jesus. This is our tender Jesus. Some of you are like that prodigal son who have been rebelling, trying to do it their own way. And Jesus says, come to me. I'll give you the robe. I'll give you the ring. Just come to me. Some of us struggle to be that vulnerable. We struggle to give up our control, our ideas, our wisdom. No, we sit rigid and say, I'm not going to be supported by anybody. Nope, I'm going to do it all myself. That's not healthy. It's not good, and it's not what Jesus wants. I'm reminded of uh, in, you know, in the Last Supper, Jesus says to, uh, to, says to the disciples, one of you is going to betray me. And those tables at that point were weird. They were really low to the ground, the tables were, and you sat on cushions and you kind of leaned back, which sounds infinitely uncomfortable. I don't understand how they did that. But the one um, in John, John references and calls himself the one whom Jesus loved. And he, Peter says, hey, ask Jesus who it is. And John reclines back into Jesus, is what it says. Into Jesus to find out who it is and ask him the question. Isn't that beautiful? That's what I want to do. I want to recline back into Jesus. You're falling backwards, that's like helpless, right? You know, you can't, there's not much you can do. Recline into Jesus. 
relax into Jesus. I love that picture. Love it. Put your weight into him. Rest into him. He continues, take my yoke upon you and learn from me because I am lowly and humble in heart and you will find rest for your souls. For my yoke is easy and my burden is light. We're going to talk about a yoke here. We're going to kind of end, a long ending, but an ending, about talking about a yoke. What is a yoke for? A yoke is to help carry or move a burden. Now, there's two types of yokes at that time. There's the one I, I was always familiar with, which is kind of like a circle, and you'd put it over the oxen's head, and there'd be two of them side by side, and then they would move the burden, plow the field, whatever it is, carry, move things. That's, that's one yoke. The other yoke is, is kind of, it looks a little bit like a, a, a hanger that you would put your clothes on, Right? And it's for people, and it would go over your neck and over your shoulders, and then you could hang, you know, ropes from it and carry water or whatever else you wanted to carry. It's not entirely clear which of the passage he's talking about. But it is clear that a yoke is for work, right? That's its purpose, is to work. It's to carry burdens, the burdens of our life. Scripture does not say, I'm going to break all the yokes. It says, I'm going to give you a yoke that will make your burden light and easy. He's not going to take away all your trials. He's going to let you bear them in a light way. He's going, he cares for you. He made you, and he made the yoke. He knows exactly how it's going to fit to carry the burden the best. Many of us try to do it our own way. I remember sometimes, you know, I have this steep um, incline going, or decline, going down into my backyard, and I'll have to carry things back there, and I'll, like, I'm just going to carry it. I need a workout. And then I get down there. I'm like, nope, I'm getting something else. I'm getting a cart. I can't do this. <laughs> it's for work. Some people try to go through the burdens of life without the yoke. And what does that mean? It means the burdens are infinitely heavier. They're more difficult. They're more overwhelming. We think we can handle it, but we can't. We can't handle it by ourselves. And he's not going to force us to put it on. He's going, he asks, come to me. Come to me. Put my yoke on. I'm humble and gentle in heart. Learn from me. He calls to us to do those things. Our trials in our life serve a purpose. Work serves a purpose. But in this case, what is the work that we're talking about? The yoke is for work. What is the work? Let me uh, read from you. John 5, 17 says, Jesus responded to them, my father is still working and I am working also. The yoke of Jesus is to participate with him in, the, in his father's work. It is his father's will 
that is the yoke. We are called to work with him. You know, I find it interesting in this passage, he doesn't specifically call that out. He doesn't say, and I'm giving you this yoke for this specific thing. He doesn't do that. And sometimes I'm, I, I kind of wonder, is he does, does he even want us to know exactly what that is for your life? I think he wants us to be faithful day by day, picking up the yoke day by day by day. And that gets to the second point. The yoke is repetitive. You don't make a yoke for a one-time job, right? I mean, it's a lot of work to make a yoke. It's not just to do it once. It's to do it over and over and over and over. How many of you have been to Ikea? Okay, a few more than have heard of Siroc. That's good. My wife loves Ikea furniture, or at least has in the past, and, and, and maybe you've had this experience. You bring the box of Ikea stuff home, and you're excited to have this new pe uh, piece of furniture, only to open it up and it's 80,000 pieces, right? There's like literally a bucket of screws that you have to take out and assemble. You're assembling basically the whole thing, right? And I tried to do that, and I'm like, ah, oh, I don't wanna go get this, the electric screwdriver. I'm gonna do it by hand. <laughs> I couldn't feel my hand for like a week. It was terrible. That repetitive motion of screwing something in really wore me out. I, I would have been much wiser to go get a battery-operated screwdriver, right? It's still work, but it's much easier. Think of the yoke as the first century battery-operated screwdriver, right? That's basically what it is. It's the way to make the burden easier, to take the repetition day by day, the burdens day by day, and handle them effectively so that your hand doesn't hurt for the next three weeks, right? Isn't God good? He could take away all the burdens and then we would all, we wouldn't know what struggle is, we wouldn't, we'd be weak. No, he gives us a way to handle the burdens he gives us his yoke. It's designed to be repetitive. You carry water here to there. You carry rocks. I don't know what they carried or what they did, but, or wood, whatever. They carried it from here to there. It was over your shoulder, hang down, and you'd, you'd carry it. That's what a yoke did. Over and over. Can I ask, are, is your allegiance to Jesus, is it manifested in repetitive action? you repeatedly go to him? Every job, every burden, everything that comes your way, do you respond and go to Jesus and ask for his yoke? Do you ask for him to help you with the everything? The good, the bad, the ugly, that's what a yoke is for. It's to continually, continually be used. We talk about practices here, and that's partially why. Pray day in day out. Read scripture, day in, day out, because that is how he makes our yoke easy and our burden light. That's how he does it. Jesus isn't forcing us to take the yoke. His yoke is work, it's repetitive, and it's easy. That is literally the purpose of a yoke. The whole purpose is 
You know you got work to do. I'm going to make it easy as possible. I'm going to put it over my shoulders, right in the muscles, the major muscle groups, so I can use my legs to lift and I can carry it. Well, that is the whole point. And Jesus made it. He knows exactly how it fits on you. He made you. He made the yoke. It seems like a match made in heaven. Got the pun there? That was great. I just thought of that. God made that. Do you trust him with his yoke? When it doesn't make sense, you're like, ah, I could sleep longer. I could watch more, more TV past when I know it's probably healthy for me at this time. I could, uh, I could just do it my way, right? Or do you trust what the scriptures say? Follow him. Pick up his yoke. Take the fact he went and found silence and solitude. He literally left crowds that were like clamoring to see him and found silence and solitude to spend time praying with his father. Do we trust his yoke? I know oftentimes I don't. Oftentimes I try to do it my own way. I try to, um, you know, the term today is self-help. No, it's, what is, what's the... Um, Self-care, right? That's the term. What's your way of self-care? You know, I would love it if our way for self-care was Jesus' way. Follow Jesus. He didn't just say, listen to my words. He said, "Do do what I did. I'm practicing this in front of you. Follow me. Jesus doesn't uh, force us to take the yoke. He yearns for us to take it. He yearns for us to listen to him. He's not going to just say, he's not going to plop it over your shoulders and just say, take it. Even though he knows it's best for us. He's so gentle and so tender. You know, at this point in the sermon, you could be feeling great. More burdens. I have to do more. Find Jesus' yoke and carry it. But let's go back to where it was. Jesus says, come to me, all you who are weary, and I will give you rest. As I mentioned in the prayer, isn't that unbelievable? You know, the Roman gods and the Greek gods at that time said that the gods were sick of work, so they made men to do it. That was their whole, here's how man was created. That was the theory, right? God literally built into the time of the universe a Sabbath for us to rest. Throughout Scripture, he even says, let the animals rest. God is very serious about us and our rest. He cares that much. He doesn't have to, but he does. We can't white-knuckle our way through. He says to relax into me. Now, how, how does that work? You know, we don't earn his love, ever. God is not for earning. He is, he is for us to respond to it. He does want us to respond to his love. Look, if, if you're having a hard time with this, look at our Savior. He left the everlasting heaven with no burdens, no sin, nothing, to come down, and bear our burden, all of our sin, all of our shame, all of our wrong actions, carry it to the cross so that, why? What did he gain? 
What did he gain from that? The only thing he gained was us. That's it. There was no other reason for him to do that. He loved us that much that he decided to come and bear the burdens and die on our behalf so that we could be with him. If someone bared that huge of a burden for you, it, let's say a worldly perspective, somebody comes to your house and they move a piano, right? Because pianos are terrible to move. And then you go and they're like, hey, can you help me just clean up the dishes? Wouldn't you be like, yeah, yeah. You've carried so much for me. You've done so much for me. I'd love to serve you. I'd love to care for you because I know what you've done for me. He calls us to rest, but he, already, he calls us to work, but he already did the hard work for us. We don't have to bear the shame. We don't have to bear our sin. He did the work for us. So he calls us to two things here. Relax into him, and put on his yoke. That's what he's calling us to do. We have a few reflection questions for you today. I want to think about these questions as we go into communion. Do you behave like the wise before Jesus or the infant? Do you behave as if you know or that you are a child that is absolutely dependent upon him at every moment of every day. Where is your wisdom? When you're living in your, your perspective, where is your wisdom? Where is it leading you? And where does God wisdom lead you? And what keeps you from picking up his yoke? Do you hear him calling, come to me? Come to me, please come to me. I love you. I long to take your burdens. I long to give you the easy yoke. And you could learn from me because I am humble and gentle in heart. Let's pray. I struggle, Lord, to imagine. I struggle to imagine how you could come down and want to deal with our mess. How you want to switch roles with us and take our burdens and bring us into work that is a delight, that is light. God, you are very good to us. And Lord, I repent of the times where I turn to my own wisdom, where I think I'm smart. I've got it figured out. I repent of the times that I have a, a trial or burden comes across my path and I try to deal with it on my own. I don't first turn to you and repeatedly turn to you, God. God, I ask for your grace over us. I ask that you would open our eyes to see how great your love is for us so that we would be thankful and turn to your easy yoke. Thank you, Lord. Amen. Thanks again for listening, and we pray this was a blessing to you. If you have any questions or comments about what you heard, our email is info at or you can find us on social media at Gospel. Mm-hmm.